Arms out like wings. Decai vitae honestas. Being at the school was a little like being in training to be a Catholic. We had guilt instilled in us from the moment we arrived. Some girls were naughtier than others, but a sense of loyalty and dedication was so deeply ingrained into us that even when we were punished, we sort of felt like we deserved it. I once met a brilliant dancer who stopped being a dancer at the prime of his career. And when I asked him why, he simply said that he wanted to be a grown-up. And there lies the root. Dancers are not only obedient, but they expect to be told what to do. Dancers are some of the strongest, most resilient and self-sufficient people on the planet. But in order to achieve their goal, they have to be dedicated and willing to take orders. And our school motto was the perfect mantra to raise oneself up to be or do almost anything we wanted. The words are still ingrained in my head. Decai vitae honestas. Motto of our school. Grace and vigour be with us, integrity our rule. This we shall remember, through all strain and strife. Honour is a quality, most beautiful in life. We sang this song at the beginning and end of each term, and on special occasions. As I missed the first term opening assembly, I didn't have to know it until the end of that term, and I remember being terrified of not knowing the words, but it came naturally and stayed with me forevermore. Both the music and the words were written by one of our pianists, a plain, skinny, grey-haired lady whose name escapes me and looked like grace and vigour were the last things on her mind. But I don't think anyone could have done it better. Weekends most weekends were spent at school, as we only saw our parents every three weeks. We always did a ballet class on Saturday mornings. I loved Saturdays. Just one lovely ballet class, lunch, pocket money allocation, then out shopping to spend it. Sketchy tea of tinned fruit and bread and butter, then prep in the evenings. Compulsory letter writing, then top of the pops on TV and the library. All in all, a great day. On Sundays, we would walk to church after breakfast, then have the rest of the day to ourselves. This is the time that we would change into our home clothes in the bushes and sneak out of bounds. We were not allowed out of bounds without permission, but there were no teachers around to speak of at the weekends, so who would know? Student prefects were left in charge and they were not too concerned with what us younger ones were up to, so we were left pretty much to our own devices. All the same, it felt really scary to be out without permission, and at the sight of any adult who might split on us, the boarding school term for telling someone you were doing something against the rules, we would all hide in the nearest bush. There was a little band of us close friends, and we used to go on wonderful long walks, missing lunchtime, which might well highlight us being out, but that only added to the excitement. We were such a bunch of goody two-shoes. We were terrified of getting into trouble, as our reputations were so far flawless. 
Lots of other girls were out all the time, smoking in the bushes and hanging out with the local boys. We were tame by comparison. Our lives were lived in 21-day cycles, the time between either this weekend's half-term or end-of-term. We all had 21-day homemade calendars stuck to the underside of the lids of our pull-up wooden desks. We would cross each day off as it became closer to seeing our families. On this weekends, we were allowed out on Saturday after class and then again on Sunday mornings. We were not allowed to go home for the night. Some parents stayed in local hotels. This was an unthinkable luxury for my parents. On Saturdays, most of the children would be taken out to tea by their parents and on the Sunday they would go home if their home was close enough. Children from abroad would usually go with their friends. On the Sunday mornings of this weekend, I had special permission to leave before the rising bell as Dad would come straight from work as he was still doing night work. So I would sometimes leave as early as five o'clock in the morning, often in pitch darkness, to get as much time as possible at home. This was so exciting. I used to ask Mum to stay in bed with Gaynor, my little sister, until I got home, when I would run upstairs and snuggle in with them. Sheer bliss. Good morning, my beautiful mummy and gorgeous little sister. Gosh, we're going to have a wonderful day today. And Mum would wonder where this strange, posh little voice had come from and how it could possibly belong to her little girl and how incredibly smooth and unnaughty this little girl's hair was. She was so happy to have me home and so sad to know that that very same evening she would have to take me back again and that those tears that were always so close to spilling would break through again. Dancing in the lunch queue At lunchtime, the narrow staircase that went from the basement up to the entrance to the kitchen was always crammed with girls of all ages, forming a long, rowdy lunch queue. The queue was supposed to be single file, but it was always at least three thick and impossible to pass through. Whilst waiting in the queue, it was not unusual to see legs all the way up the walls as students stretched their legs in torturous ways. One girl would stand with her back to the wall while others pushed her leg way above her head until it reached the wall behind her. Some other brave girls would sit on the floor with their legs in a frog-like position whilst others stood with a foot on each of her knees until they reached the ground. In such cramped areas, this was a bit risky. On shamans, dance combinations and whole dances could be practised with hands. Whole dances could be executed with hand movements and everyone would know exactly what the steps were. It's a fascinating trick that dancers can do amongst themselves, like a secret language. 